Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, All Hail the Power. walked in the shadows like a man knowing darkness. He moved quickly and soon found what he was looking for. Outside the prison door, on a dung heap, was the body of a broken, bloody Christian. Quickly unfolded a rough blanket and wrapped the body. Carrying it tenderly in his arms, he crept back silently back to the catacombs. Here he would bathe the body, wrap it and bury it in a resting place among others of like faith. His name became legend. His name was Valentine. In time, Valentine was also arrested and brought before the Emperor Claudius and his judges. Why do you not worship the gods, he was asked. Valentine answered, If you knew the gift of God, you would abandon the worship of these impure idols. There, what more do you wish to hear? A judge asked the Emperor. 
Although Claudius admired Valentine's bravery, he could not do other than imprison him. Valentine was given to Asterius to be held as a prisoner in Asterius's home, but Valentine knew what his ultimate faith would be. He had seen the cruelties inflicted by the pagans on Christians. He had buried many of them himself. When Valentine entered the home, he prayed that he might become a blessing to the home. One day, as Valentine was praying, Asterius overheard him. You say Christ is the true light, he wanted to know. He is, replied Valentine. He is not only the true light, but he is the only light. Light sneered the man. I have a blind child. Perhaps you can show her something of that marvelous light that you speak of. So it was the young child, the young girl, Julia, spent many hours with Valentine while he taught her the wonders of words and described for her the beauties of nature. She learned about the Lord Jesus Christ and received him as her Savior. Asterius and his wife were also saved. Not long afterwards, Valentine received a summons to appear before the emperor. With no time to see his pupil, Valentine hastily wrote a note urging her to remain true to the Lord. He signed it from your Valentine. Valentine was ordered to be beaten, stoned, and beheaded. On February 14, 270, the sentence was carried out. The first Valentine message was written to encourage a young girl to remain true to Christ. But it doesn't have to be February 14th to encourage fellow Christians in their walk with the Lord. Make it a point to encourage somebody every day of the year. Listen now as Chuck Grable and Susie Davis sings for us this beautiful song entitled, It Took a Miracle. My father is omnipotent, and that you can't deny, a God of might and miracles, tis written in the sky, it took a miracle to put the stars in place, it took a But when he saved my soul, cleansed and made me whole, it took a miracle of love and grace. The Bible tells us of his power. And every little bird and flower are testimonies to It took a miracle to put the stars in place. It took a miracle to hang the world in space. But when he saved my soul, he cleansed and made me whole. 
you are listening to Joy in the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for a morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altunabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown and Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at 942-2131. Listen now as Debbie Sackmar plays for us on the flute this song entitled, A Mighty Fortress Medley.
William Scott was a gangly 22-year-old Civil War soldier who served in the 3rd Vermont Regiment. One night in 1861, he took the place of a sick comrade who had been ordered to guard duty. The following night, lacking sleep, Scott was ordered to guard duty again. Later, the chief guard found the exhausted soldier sleeping at his post. A court-martial found Scott guilty, and the offense was so serious in wartime that Scott was to die within 24 hours. His comrades persuaded a Vermont official to seek a pardon from President Lincoln. Mr. Lincoln listened soberly to the account and then declared, I'll take care of it. Abraham Lincoln went immediately to the army camp and asked to see the condemned soldier. At first, he said nothing about the scheduled execution. Not knowing the president's intention, the condemned soldier stammered, If you please, sir, I would like to ask a favor. Mr. Lincoln nodded his head. I'm guilty of death, but I cannot bear the thought of being shot by my comrades. Could you arrange it so that the firing squad would not be from the 3rd Regiment? Mr. Lincoln hesitated no longer. My boy, you will not die tomorrow. I'm giving you a full pardon. The soldier's face broke out in a tearful smile. The president went on. I have neglected some important business to come up here. How will you pay my bill? The youth looked down, groping for an answer. My folks have some savings, he paused, but Lincoln remained silent. We could get a mortgage on the farm, and I have some friends here who will help me. Lincoln placed his broad hand on the youth's shoulder. Son, my bill is much too large for money to pay. Only one can pay it. William Scott, he can pay it by doing his duty as a soldier. With God's help, I will, said Scott. Like William Scott, all are guilty of failures and evil. These are sins in God's sight, and God has announced a sentence of spiritual death upon sinners. But a full justification has been offered by the very God who announced the death penalty for sin. That full and free justification is available to anyone who trusts the Savior, who died for men's sin. How wonderful it is to be saved and how unnecessary it is to be lost. Listen now as Larry Grable, Bill Burkett, Dave Kephart, and John Harris sing this song for us entitled, Satisfied. Satisfied, I'm satisfied. Said he would be my comfort. Said he would be my guide. Well, I looked at my hands, my hands looked new. I looked at my feet and made it too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. Satisfied, I'm satisfied. Said he would be my comfort, said he would be my guide. Well, I looked at my hands, my hands looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. Well, the Lord moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. You know he plants his feet on every step And that he rides on every storm 
finally fixed my feet for running friends. Then my eyes were open wide. He fixed my tongue so I could say, Praise God, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Said he would be my comfort. Said he would be my guide. Well, I looked at my hands. My hands looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. I was way down yonder in the valley, friends. I was wandering all alone. And it was there I met my Jesus. Well, you know, he claimed me for his own. And then he put his arms all around me there. And then he drew me up to his side. He placed my feet on solid ground. And now I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Said he would be my comfort, said he would be my guide. Well, I looked at my hands, my hands looked new. I looked at my feet and made it too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. Oh, yes, I'm satisfied with Jesus. Satisfied with Jesus. Satisfied with Jesus. Satisfied with Jesus. Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for a Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is rightly dividing the word of truth, mid-acts dispensationalism. What is mid-acts dispensationalism? Well, let's first of all talk about dispensationalism. The word dispensation is a biblical word, a biblical doctrine, a biblical term. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 2. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, word. Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The word in the original Greek language is made up of two words, house and law. It simply means house law. The exact same word which is translated dispensation in Colossians one twenty-five in Luke 16, 2, 3, and 4 is translated stewardship. The usage of Luke 16 is in the physical and literal sense where the Apostle Paul is using the word in a spiritual sense of God's economy, God's administration. I'd like to share with you some definitions of the word dispensation. A dispensation is a distinguishable economy in the outworking of God's purpose. That's from Charles Ryrie. Lewis Perry Schaefer said, a specific divine economy, a commitment from God to man of a responsibility to discharge that which God hath appointed him. In C.I. Schofield, a period of time during which man is tested in respect to some specific revelations of the will of God. And it's very unfortunate that C.I. Schofield used the word time in his definition of dispensation. 
Dispensation is not a period of time, although it is understood that it includes time. Clearly, a dispensation is an economy, it's an administration from God, which man has a responsibility in being faithful to what God's purpose is and what God has discharged him to do. So dispensation is an economy, it's an administration, it's stewardship. And you have to understand, God does not change in relationship to his divine attributes, his attribute of love and grace and his eternity. But it's his dealings with mankind have changed. It's God's administration, God's economy, God's dispensation. An example is no law, laws added, then law was abolished. Here are some of the different dispensations. The dispensation of pre-law from Adam to Moses, Romans chapter 5, verse 14. The dispensation of law, Galatians chapter 3, verses 19, chapter 4, verse 4. Of grace, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2. Of the kingdom, Luke chapter 1, verses 31 to 33, where Lord Jesus Christ is going to rule upon the throne of his father David. And Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10, the dispensation of the fullness of time. What is Midax dispensationalism? Midax dispensationalism is the biblical belief, the biblical understanding that the church, the body of Christ, started in and through the unique ministry of the Apostle Paul in Midax and not during the earthly ministry of Christ nor on the day of Pentecost. What are some of the similarities between dispensationalism and Midax dispensationalism? A belief and understanding of the literal interpretation of the Bible, a distinction between the nation of Israel and the church, the body of Christ, a distinction between the promises of the nation of Israel and the promises of the church, the body of Christ, the blood and the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, that salvation is by grace alone through faith the cessation of the sign and the revelatory gifts, and the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, the body of Christ. What are some of the differences between dispensationalism and mid-acts dispensationalism? And we're going to share these, and then, Lord willing, next week we will expound on them. The beginning, the commencement of the church, the body of Christ. Where did the church, the body of Christ, begin? The issue of water baptism in the dispensation of grace. What is its place? What is the the baptism on the day of Pentecost? How is that different from 1 Corinthians 12, 13? The apostleship of the 12 apostles, the ministry of the 12 apostles, Lord Jesus Christ, was a continuation of the Old Testament. The distinctive apostleship of Paul. And though dispensationalism and mid-acts dispensationalism agree on the doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture in most of eschatology, there are some differences, such as the seven churches of Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Dispensationalism would make them to be church ages, while mid-acts dispensationalism understands that they are future churches that will be in existence during the tribulation period. Other areas would be, is the church, the body of Christ, returning at the second coming of Christ and being a part of the millennial kingdom? And then the use and the term of the second coming of Christ and using it interchangeably with the rapture. People will say, well, I'm looking for the second coming. I'm looking for the rapture, but I believe the rapture to be a pre-tribulation rapture of the church, the body of Christ. You cannot use those terms interchangeably. There's a distinction between the second coming of Christ, which occurs after the tribulation, and the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 
4 verses 1 and 2 says, Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and the stewards of the mysteries of God. And moreover, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And that's what we want. That's what I want. That's the heart's desire here at the Altoona Bible Church is to be found faithful with God's Word, to understand God's Word, to preach and to proclaim God's Word. And that's why for these various a year or so, we have been looking and studying upon the issue of rightly dividing the word of truth so that we would have a handle on what God wants us to do, how we would understand that scripture, and then implement that word in our lives. If you have any question about our study or any other questions or Bible verses that you would like studied in light of the word of God rightly divided, please contact Pastor Stewart at the Altoona Bible Church. The church's phone number is 942-2131, or you can email me at altoonabible at altoonabible.org. It is so important as Christians to understand God's Word. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, before you can understand God's Word, you need to understand that Christ came into this world to die for you, that through His death, burial, and resurrection, you can be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ is not the true, not only the true light, but He is the only light. He is the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes to the Father but by Him. Salvation is by grace through faith alone. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ right now, right where you're at, and God will eternally save you. And praise God that if you will do that right now, if you know the Lord is your Savior, we need to keep studying and understanding God's Word and it rightly divided. been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. In my heart, in my